0: independent totally biased hulk kingston rovers welcome to the red robin podcast with joe appleyard and chris johnson Hello and welcome to this week's Red Robin podcast. In this week's episode, we look back at the best and worst of Hulkington Rovers as we review our defeat to the Warrington Wolves. We take a look at the fullback position and question whether now is the time to give Will Dagger a go. And we go through the list of Rovers players who are now free to talk to other clubs. Before we do any of that, though, let's go back to the Halliwell Jones Stadium. Parceldo
1: goes skinny side. A little short pass. No way through there. He's going to be held up over the line. He's almost got the ball down. Has he got the ball down? He thinks he's scored here. Well, Sean Kenny. Well, how on earth has that happened? Great, great play there down the left. I, I, to be honest with you, I thought they were just in the set before. There was a few. I think uh, Hulk Car just need to start focusing on trying to. up joining the line. An opportunity. Oh, oh, that's fantastic. a powerful burst. And Toby King continues his brilliant start to the Betfred Super League season. Running the line, Warrington's pressure growing. Oh, that's a lovely little jink from Cooper and the offload as well. They're in the mood here, Warrington. And Ashton's still going. He's going to kick to himself, looking to barge his way through traffic. Can't quite make it. It's going to sit him in goal, though. They're going to have to deal with this, O.K.R. Last tackle. Clark gives it to Winner, Little dab through off the right, and it's oh. going to pop up. And it's a simple try in the end for Ben Curry to tackle this. So Parcel has a look around, and Abdul floats one over to the left hand side, and Kenny Dow pushes it back. Oh, and it was taken, but he just couldn't quite get there, Lynette. But yeah, Sean Kenny Dow getting up to tap that kick back was great. It's just. Uh, Luckily, warranted. Oh, a bit of room for Charlie. Will English Charlie. get up with him? Charlie is in touch oh. on this near side. Brilliant defence. Wonderful job, scrambling defence from Ethan no Ryan. This yeah, is good. the last tackle. They're all going left side. I've... He'll be able to try and conjure something. Running at the line, giving it to Kenny oh. Dow. Can Hall get in? Yes. Brilliantly worked by Rovers. Um, so they've got the best sight for it to call it. There's another ridiculously difficult conversion yeah. attempt from oh, 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 what oh. a kick! Oh. Parcel waits from dummy half, he's going to run it up this skinny right hand side, they straighten up though, and in field, comes Mills, another penalty, and it's Rovers who are going to nudge ahead again, he's nailed two beauties from the touchline, he could do this one with his eyes closed. With two and a half, three minutes of the half left, they could extend their advantage, looking to go skinny side, on his own, caught everyone cold, Jordan Abdul. The little show and go as well. What a wonderful moment. It's Warrington trailing by six, but a lively start. Oh, and there's a big gap for Curry to go towards the line himself, and it's the second of the game for Ben Curry. The gap opened up, and he said, I'll have a piece of that, and Warrington strike first after half-time. They're back in the middle now. <laughs> now they're lining up on this near side. They're going to run his skinny side. Inglis towards the line. G.I. towards the line for the first oh, time. A try on debut. And he's over. It's a debut try for Greg Inglis and his career Try. Number 200 for the great man, and that's the moment they came to see. Definitely. And, you know, he's been pretty quiet in the game so far. Hull KR have been doing really well with keeping him quiet, but he's shown his uh, go, go. set up right under the post. It's the last, so Abdul again. Great pass, Abdul. They are going to score. It's the second of the game for Ryan Hall. Okay. And Hull KR hit back to level at 22 apiece. What a game this is. All three. Clark, into traffic, Inglis picks it off him, here he is, danger when Inglis has the ball this close to the line. Clark, Showing on his there. own Darrell Clark, just like that, the hooker dummies his way over, and Warrington go the length of the field and have the lead, side in this kind of mood, that's another huge carry, storming run.
2: The yeah, stadium
1: court will we'll have a couple of minutes on it here. This is good. Oh, oh dear. Okay. How did he take that? Te- oh, oh, he's whoa. away. He's away, his mammo This could be the clincher. He gobbled whoa. it up, plucked it out of the air <laughs> okay. and pinned back his ears. And that's the big try in this ball game. You see OKR okay, coming down to their favoured left-hand side again. They, they created the overlap and I thought they might have got away. And He's not rushing it. He's taking his time taking every single one of the allotted seconds, and that's a lovely oh, strike of the football from Ratchford. Inglis is hanging on the right, but they're going back the other way. Ratchford to Widder. They're gonna run it. Lovely quick hands for Charlie in the corner. Charlie finishes, and Warrington have pulled it out of the fire, and the Wolves are gonna win this one. Yeah, another really well executed try there. They... It's the last tackle. Abdul's on this left shoulder. So what will he do with the boot? He's just gone high and say challenge for that, Kenny Dowell does, he goes up, he's come backwards, it is going to be a score, Lynette's got the ball down, they just put it in the air, Ryan Hall, they've kept fighting Rovers, the game's gone now and Warrington have picked it up and there could be another score because Walker has a straight run in, gobbles up the loose ball and dives over for another Warrington try and the Wolves' tails are up and they've Got a very convincing look on this score line now. It's another Wolves win. 28-22. They were one two. score behind and attacking the line, and suddenly they're behind. It's a through, and Charlie could uh, score another on the hoot. Uh, and and Charlie! Okay, Warrington finishing with a flourish. Charlie's second of the game. <laughs>
0: Great to speaking to you again, Joe. Uh, on the back of what was uh, definitely a game of two hours, wasn't it? I mean, we saw the best of Rovers and we probably saw the worst of Rovers. Uh, before we just dive into that, mate, how are we doing? You, you have a good bank holiday weekend?
2: Yeah, I mean, I went out um, on Sunday. Real sunny, one. it? About 12 o'clock, I was hanging my washing out and then absolutely pissed it down from one o'clock. And I got in the taxi, ready to go to town. And then it was like being in the Antarctic. I lasted four hours. Not, I know I'm a bit of a lightweight, but normally I can last a bit longer than four hours. But too cold, mate. I mean, it's been nice to have the Monday off. We recorded it on Monday. Obviously, it's out tomorrow morning for you guys. Once you're listening, it'll be Tuesday morning. But yeah, it's it's always nice to have an extra day. It'd have been nicer if others that have picked up the two points, but that didn't happen. We're going to speak about it soon. But how's yours been, mate? Get pottering around the house. I mean, I know <laughs> we're a bit fuming about line of duty like everybody else, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, well, I'll tell you
0: what. At least Rovers game, I know we didn't get the result, but at least it was a lot more entertaining than uh, last night's season finale of the line of duty, wasn't it? I mean, bloody hell, I think we said we could do a podcast on that, just moaning about that, never mind moaning about Rovers. Uh, but yeah, mate, just potting round, decorating, um, doing the uh, typical bank holiday um, thing, didn't manage to get to pub. Um, I was thinking about next week and then I've just seen the weather forecast and it's pissing now we're in all week. So, Sailor V, Sailor V.
2: Yeah, exactly, mate. Probably just put your feet up, have a few beers, and just chat <laughs> up action this weekend. That's why, obviously, we're releasing the earlier podcast Rovers. I've got a game this week. And I think, in all honesty, Chris, it's. Could probably come at a really good time after that Warrington defeat, which we'll go into in a minute. But for me, Rovers having a week off isn't the worst thing in the world. It gets Vete maybe back, gives people a rest like Lawler, King, Jez Parcell, who have been running the blood to water and it should in that second half. But I think a week off is probably the best time at the minute for all Kingston Rovers due to the Challenge Cup.
0: Yeah, although if you listen to Tony Smith straight after the game, he was, he, he was saying the boys, you know, they want to play tomorrow. I said, actually, the break... The break might be a bad thing because they're, they're so eager to get out and right some wrongs. So obviously there's some some up going on where players have gone off scripts maybe, and and, and Tony Smith quickly identified that they haven't executed the game plan. So that you know, but I do think I think we started talking a bit leggy in that second half, and I think some of the players who have been putting in some really big efforts like like your Lawlers, like Kings, I'd even put past seven Litton into there. I just think it was maybe just that one game too, too far for him. And I think I think they'll be better uh, for the break, especially Albert Vetti. You know, he didn't play Corbin Sims. He, he's, he gets a bit of a rest. You know, so I, oh, I'm disappointed about the Challenge Cup, mate. And, and I was gutted when we lost to Gas because I'd love to have another cup run. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm still a bit bitter about the fact we're not playing this weekend. I'd love to see us lining up uh, in the Challenge Cup. But I think for for some of the players, I think uh, a rest is... is needed and probably well-deserved.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, we've got a massive four weeks coming up, haven't we? After the week off, but that thing about the Challenge Cup's just that little bit more special for me, Chris. I don't know about you, you know. I'd I, I love her over to Old Trafford. It's you know pipe dreams at the minute, in it, but I'd you know I think that Wembley trip in fifteen as appalling it was, it was so great to see the Robins there. And I'd love to see us do it again because, like I said, it's one of them old traditional competitions. It's a bit like the FA Cup, you've got the Champions League and everything, but you know people do want to get to Wembley, the FA Cup final, and so is the Challenge Cup final. It's just got that. History about it, aren't it, and you know, whoever progresses is into the semi final. And that's probably it's been we had a really good chance this year, didn't we? Because obviously, the amateur clubs haven't been in it, there was only three Championship and League One teams, so you know, mainly it's just been Super League. So, a little bit easier this year, on it to get to Wembley. And hopefully, when the final's on, I think it's back in of June in it, um, July, sorry, fans will be able to go and watch their team play at Wembley, which this time last year, you know, thought you'd probably ne- maybe never do again with the circumstances.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right, mate. And fundamentally, we, you know, we, we support Rovers. We, we love sport because we want to be winning, don't we? That's why. That's why we follow the the club and the team. And uh, you know, there's only two competitions that they can win. One's the Challenge Cup, one Super League. where we look a mile off from ever winning Super League, so Challenge Cup always represents our best opportunity at the moment of great, uh, gaining some silverware. So when you get knocked out in the first game you play, it's always a little bit disappointing, isn't it? Because you're you're almost you know you're writing off half your season there almost because you've only got one thing left to play for and at the moment for Rovers what we're playing for is not finishing bottom of the league so you know the chance of winning silverware is gone for me and that's why I'm scutted we're not playing this weekend but that's by the bye and let's reflect on the game against Warrington and it was a fast start by Rovers game wasn't it Joe?
2: Yeah, It was, mate. I think Sean Kenny Dowley had his critics last year, but you look at what SKD did, he played every game in 2020 that he could. Um, I don't think he missed the game, he was the only player, um, it, last season to play all games for all Kingston Rovers, and he's getting better. I think he works really well with Ryan. All there was some errors defensively and, and in attack this game, but he started off like an house on fire, and he, he's got a bit more of a different attitude. We mentioned. He's the leader of the club now, he's the captain. We was going to um, obviously get him on the show, but we wasn't allowed by the club. That would have been such a brilliant episode because he's he's had a really good career. He's coming to the back end of his career and I thought last season it showed and it was going to be like, oh, is he going to be one of these oldies that come over and New Zealanders and just, you know, take the mick. But in 2021, SKD has started really well. And he's bumped off Chris Hill, um, Jack Hughes, Jake Mammon, and Toby King. And Rovers were 4-0 up, mate, after three minutes. And, again, another positive start. That's what we like to see. We did it in the um, first minute against Huddersfield. We got the first try um, against Leeds. And, ultimately, three weeks in a row. Now, we've scored first, which you have to do, don't you, to build and build. And um, that first half, unbelievable by Old Kingston Rovers. And we'll go more into depth. But, yeah, really good start, mate, by SKD before the two back-to-back tries from Warrington.
0: Yeah, you you nearly said WKD then, didn't you, Joe? I think you were thinking of your bank all the weekends.
2: thinking of my bank all the weekends about five years ago, mate. Yeah, (laughs) it it brings up memories from my uh, my promo, my year 10 and 11 days.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but he's becoming a feature of Rovers, isn't it? These fast starts, you know, coming out the blocks as quick as they can, getting points on the board. And it was a mammoth effort from, from Sean Kenny Dowell. And I think he's got a little bit of insurance there, having... Partnered with Raul now, hasn't he? And I think he's even someone who's who's really growing um, after getting the captaincy. You know, having a someone like Raul outside of him. We're going to go on to out of contract players later on in the podcast, but obviously he's one who's whose um, contract is coming to an end. So it's going to be interesting to see what his thoughts are because he does seem to be fitting in really well at the club. Um. So you know, and we're seeing that in the performances now. You know, James O'Brien talks about how how much influence he does have at the club or around the team, um, and and what we've all you know we've heard that we've seen that. But what we wanted it to do, uh, he's then produced that on the pitch. And and at the moment, you know, I've been really impressed with Sean Kenny Dow because he's uh, he's got so much enthusiasm, even though he's at the back end of his career.
2: Yeah, he is. And you mentioned that left-hand side now. It's a lot stronger, isn't it, with Ryan All, Abdul, SKD. And I thought that was outstanding, Jordan Abdul. Probably his best game he's played in a Robin James. We did come off on the wrong end of the score sheet. But the first try from Toby King, mate, we've got a smash. It was a bit like Would started really well coming into the first 10 minutes. And he just has a stroll and, you know, he steps past Abdul. Ryan All's jammed left. They've kept the shape. They've done all the right things. And then Abdul's just misfooted Toby King. And he's a brilliant player, don't get me wrong. And then it's too much for Ryan All, And it kind of looked a bit in slow motion. It was a nothing ball from Widup, And he just hit the right line. And we, that that's frustrating. And Tony Smith will be so frustrated. Because against teams like Wigan Saints, Warrington, Catalan, the top ends, you can't give them a sniff. And Rovers did there. And ultimately, a trial we, we shouldn't have conceded to make it 6-6. That was disappointing from me. Yeah, I, d- I mean,
0: I don't know if whether, because Abdul was lining up at centre there, whether whether it's just thrown the, I don't know we had the shape, but whether it's just thrown things out a little bit, because you had Lynette retreating, you know, you're still back Kenny Dowell, Abdul and Ryan Hall to see that out there, because there was no real pace with the running, it was um, um, just a, an easy line. Run and obviously Mamo was on the outside of him. We didn't need him in the end because he, he strolled through. And I suppose that was a disappointing try to concede when you consider the experience, what was on that that left edge defending there. And and you'd you'd maybe expect that on the right hand side, which has become much maligned, hasn't it? You know, for for its you know lack of defensive qualities. So to concede a try like that on our left hand side was really disappointing for me.
2: Yeah, it was and it's one of them things, isn't it? You've just got to smarten up because that right hand side gets so much stick and kinda of that left side it's he's gone away from it really. But the the need telling where they've gone wrong there. I don't I think in video prep, um in this week, what will be coming now, obviously they have a few days off of a weekend. Tony Smith will be annoyed there and even so with the second try, I mean we're gonna speak about Adam Quinlan, it's a massive talking point and we're gonna speak about the pullback situation. We'll do that at the end of this match review, mate. But a little dab through from Widder. Quinlan with a one handed take, trying to do a one handed take on your own line, mate. Quite lethargic as well, if I say. And Ben Curry will get the easiest try of his warrants in career because he just puts the ball down from a mistake from Adam Quinlan. And you're 10 6 down from two very, two tries that could have been easily stopped, mate. And that's the frustrating thing. We're in the game, we're doing so well, and the tries were conceding you are going. You shouldn't have conceded because Warrington put better moves on than they did in them two tries, and we weathered the storm. And two simple players have cost us twelve points. It's you know it's swinging it and missing it, but ultimately a poor take from Adam Quinlan is most first mistake of the game. And then um, Ben Curry over there it was um, frustrating as well.
0: Yeah, and and I mean let's be honest, we have seen Quinlan you know do them one hand pickups before and we've seen then scoot away and, and get some good yards. So it's not a fair time, but I don't know if you noticed when they put the kick in, Quinlan's shifting right across to, to try and cover that right-hand side and the kick, the ball just goes just behind him as he comes in. So he's got to quickly adjust his footwork to then come back onto his left-hand side and I think there's just that little change of, of direction is what's put him off because... Normally, you'd say just dive on the ball, but I think his body wasn't at the right angle for him to, to, to properly dive on it, which is why he had to then leave that sort of hand flailing out, trying to pick it up with one hand. So, I, you know, at the time when I was watching it in, in real time, I was thinking, fucking hell, what, Quinlan, what are you doing here? But now after, you know, a few replays, I do think that because he was moving so fast towards that right hand, and that that in body position just just stopped him from getting that ball and um, maybe it's because of a bit of nervousness, you know, shifting over to try and cover for Takarangi and, and Ethan Ryan um, and maybe, you know, that's what Warrington spotted with him flying out across that side. So I know Queenland is a hot topic for debate and we're going to talk about it because, you know, it's becoming a bit of a recurring theme now. Um, but I think for that try on reflection, I think it was a bit, it was a tough one for him, although it looked on the, in real real time, it looked like it's quite a simple one that he should have mopped up.
2: It's the bounce of the ball as well, isn't it? I mean, it's it can go anywhere, especially with no fans. It's easy to read. It's um the easy to read in defence a little bit better. But yeah, probably the wrong positioning and the wrong shape, and ultimately that cost rovers a try and but a really good defensive effort before we speak about the other tries in the so um in the first half, mate. Ethan Ryan, I mean he did jam in, he was about 15 metres in and Josh Charnley hadn't got that turn of pace like he used to. Or is Ethan Ryan just a really good cover defender because it gets him by the scruff of his neck better than that state of origin. I can't remember who it was, early 2000s. It was the double of that. Um, and wipes Josh Charlie into touch. And Ethan Ryan's been a really bright spark. Yes, he's very, he's raw. He's only played in Brad, at Bradford in the Championship. He's in his second year with Volcano, but he seems to be getting better every week. And he's taking his tries and he's defensively sound. He could have got caught out in that situation, but he's made up for his mistake. Really good tackle by Ethan Ryan. And at the minute, You've got Crooks and Minikin who can't get in the team because this lad who plays for Ireland and Ireland International is playing out of his skin. And him and his family on social media are very grateful and they love and watching him play for all Kingston Rovers.
0: Yeah, and I think one thing that helps him with his cover defence is obviously his pace. You know, he's absolutely electric. We saw that against Huddersfield, didn't we, where he... Um, where he got on the end of that kick, you know, I, I doubt anyone else on the pitch would have been able to to move as fast as what Ethan Ryan did. So it's becoming a feature, and and one thing that I didn't expect from Ethan Ryan when you know when he was named in the team because, you know, if you look at all the highlight reels, etc. of Ethan Ryan, it's all it's all tries, isn't it? It's all about him being creative, getting on the end of things, using his pace, etc., etc. What's been a real feature for for Ethan Ryan and for others is his defensive work. Um, and I think he, he's good value for his place in the keeping out. Ben Crooks, minicking. Um, and, and at the moment, I don't think he's doing anything to to say that he's there in a place in the team. And that Josh Charnley uh, tackle just highlights how, you know, yeah, he made a mistake, but he was able to recover. And, and what you can't, you know, what every team in rugby league, super league needs is pace. And obviously, Ethan Ryan's got abundance of it.
2: Yeah, he has, and we've we'll struggled with that, haven't we? I mean, you look at probably um, back to 2015, Karen Dixon, Dane Chisholm, even Albert Kelly at the time. There were people who could go 100 metres, and we laxed that for a few seasons, didn't we? Obviously, going down, we had um, more technical players at half-back and on the wings, whereas now we have got that lightning pace with Ethan Ryan, and same as Quinlan when he goes. You know, he's quick, but he do not get in that much open space, and that definitely adds strings to his bone. Gives Rovers a bit more leeway, if- if there ever is an interception and it's Ethan Ryan, you've got a chance at scoring now, whereas in the past, yeah, we might have got an interception, but we've only gone 40 metres with it because we've had, I don't know, Carney on the win when we was in Super League the first year back after relegation, who was more power than speed. So he's doing really well. And the next two tries for Rovers, mate, was Rovers at the best and this is what they can do. If they did this consistently, they are probably the best, be the best attacking team in the league by a mile. A little short ball from Abba on the left-hand side. Kenny Dow with a little tip on, Ryan Hall, natural finisher, he can do that. And then the next try, Jordan Abdul, show and go on the left-hand side. 18-10 up at half-time, mate. Absolutely outstanding first half. We we was doing the um, media, social media, were not we, because of the Blackout by professional clubs this weekend. And there were so many comments saying, this is how Rovers are playing. They've kicked on, they've kicked on. This could have been a shock victory. It wasn't in the end. But that first half, mate, was Rovers at the best. They weathered the storm down the middle of the park. They could have, con- um, they could have conceded less offloads. I thought Mike Cooper and Chris Hill had a field day. Parcel and Jez were not playing their best rugby and a lot of our best rugby comes from them two players. They probably had the quietest game in a while, but even still, Abdul composed, Mills just tipped it onto Abdul and he did his magic. A lovely assist from Sean Kennedy-Dowell and then a show-and-go from Abdul. And you, Rovers looked good for the money, didn't we? And it was kind of... I didn't text you because at the time, I didn't know if you was watching it live because you had stuff to do, didn't you? But I was going you know, to... I text Phil, I text me down, so I said, this is how Rovers need to play. This is how we are doing it. We played really well. And it's simple. You do them against the best teams. You play that way, you can score points. And Rovers, in the first half, was a much better team than Warrington Wolves.
0: Yeah, mate, and your,
2: and your uh, sausage
0: fingers must have been on fire if you're doing match updates, texting people left, right, and centre. Uh, so credit to you. <laughs> no, but I think what we saw is that the potency on that left hand side, didn't we? Because just before that Ryan all try, we saw Lynette uh, get knocked down from Kenny Dowell after an Abdul uh, kick, where he, uh, he just knocked it on just short of the line. And then, obviously, that, that little pat from uh, Kenny Dow to Ryan Hall was, was sheer class, wasn't it? And and what really impressed me about that try in particular is the way, the pace at which Ryan Hall was running on to it, attacking it. It was almost like he expected it to come. Um, and and it was, it at that stage, you're thinking, you know, this is, this is the, the robes we want to watch. And Abdul, I mean... And that's what I've noticed is, is the kicking and how opponents has been. And Abdul nailed an absolute beauty, didn't he, from that touchline uh, for Rovers. For um, and at 12-0, at mate, we're going toe-to-toe with one of the you know top four teams.
2: We are, and the, the problem is you get so optimistic, don't you? And even the players that were buzzing, Abdul, when he did that show-and-go from the Rook, it was kind of like he's taking the piss out of Warrington here. Rovers have got that bit of bit of grunt down the middle and on the span that we've always wanted and that we haven't like just let teams roll over us. And that was so disappointing because we've gone from the Ulkingston Rovers in spells in 2020, in 2019 and in 2021 that we'd love to see that free-flowing, look like they can score from anywhere, look like the best team in the world. And in that second half, you crumble and, and it looked like the Rovers, when you go to Saints and Warrington and they can score every set and it... And it It's so... You even look at Lee and Salford and stuff at the minute, and don't get me wrong, I think this season, Rovers, if they play like that against the teams at the bottom, we will have enough to stay up and we will beat them teams comfortably. It'll probably be my famous last words now. But... At the moment... (laughs) At the moment, Rovers do look like they've got a bit about them. But to concede 38 points in the second half, which we'll move on to, mate, there was so many tries to speak about. But you've got Curry scoring, English scoring, Clark, Mamo, Charnley, Walker and Charnley. That's in 38 minutes, mate. 38 points it was. And it doesn't matter what level it's at. And that's what we put out. We put out on social media it was me, said it forget the yeah, these two weeks have been amazing. That first half was unbelievable. I was very proud. It's a much better composed Ulkingston Rovers. I think we are a much better team than the past few years overall, and I think we will become the end of the season. But to still concede thirty-eight points as a professional rugby league team in one half and in the way and the manner rovers did. It's the brain farts that we like to speak about, don't we? The Reds when there was passing it about Dean Adley, we really poor Ryan all doing them silly passes when he makes breaks like he did against Cass, which ultimately led us to you know going into Golden Point. And it's these things that if Rovers just tidy up, you're not that far away. But if Rovers carry on doing what they're doing, you're a million miles away, and that is the difference in Super League. Yeah, it gets compared to the NRL all the time, but there's some very good teams in this division, Chris. And at the moment, Rovers are gifting gifting two points away, especially in that second half. You're coming away from Warrington. Yeah, you get beat 52, 28, whatever it finished, 26, wanted. But you could have won. And that's that's so frustrating from us because you go to these big places, you expect to get beat. But Rovers were in such a comfortable position. Warrington looked knackered. There was the hype about Greg Inglis. It wasn't working. And in that second half, you've got to start well. We knocked the ball on our first set. And from there, Warrington didn't look back, mate. And that's so upsetting to think we could have been speaking now and going three back-to-back-to-back victories. we beat Warrington at the Alleywell Jones, but we've gone back to our old roots and crumbled in that second half, which ain't good enough. And Tony Smith, like you said, is fuming about it. And they want to write the wrongs because that's not the mentality and that's not um Rovers that Tony Smith, Danny Maguire, Stanley Jean and Dave Hodgson want them to be.
0: No, you, you, you just mentioned there, Greg Inglis. Obviously got his first try in Super League on the fiftieth minute. Um, I think what I, what that try and the try previous, I like to me is that yes, Rowan Milnes is very composed with a ball in hand, and I think he definitely brings something to the team. What he don't bring is any real defensive quality. Two so very easy tries that that rowers conceded on the back of. Just some real weak defence, um, and and Milnes for them two tries in particular was, was culpable, I'd say for both of them because, you know, the first try just after half time, you know, just sailed through a massive gap, and then the second try, you know, English was sort of just dabbing around getting to the line. He's beat four man to four men to swing over, uh, and, and Milnes puts his hands on him, and, and that's all about all he does do. Uh, but saying that. Uh, Joe, you know, fifty-eight minutes. We're we're back into it, aren't we? You know, this one all one-way traffic. Uh, obviously, Ryan Hall goes over uh, for his second try of the game, and you, and you think it, you know, Rovers game on. So so that the fact that we then go on to concede so many points, even after that, is 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 a real head scratcher, and and. Um, you know, I, all I can put it down is to either a lack of concentration or a lack of fitness. And I don't mean that they're not prepared fitness wise. I think that some of them were just absolutely knackered on, on that pitch. And a team like Warrington will take advantage of that.
2: Yeah, the will and on Rowan Milnes before we speak about anything else. Rovers do look a bit more composed with him compared to Mikey. It's tough because they both can attack. They're both young players. They're both doing really well in the role in their own individual battles. But in team situations like that, we mentioned Mikey goes a bit off his head, doesn't he? And sometimes the team doesn't know what he's doing. And Milne's defensive structure on that right-hand side, very, very poor. But compared to Mikey, or Mikey wouldn't have defended them as well. That is the problem we've got with these two young halfbacks. Really good in attack. They've got really good attacking spells about them. But in defence, we really, really, really struggle with them, don't we? And teams like that will target them all day long. But Rovers did get back into it. Ryan all in for a second. And it's these little things, isn't it? It's these um, swinging momentums. It's these game-changers. For me, two massive game-changers. We score 22-all. 65, 70 seconds later, Daryl Clark goes over for the easiest try. He'll score bumping off George King, who I absolutely love, but I thought he had his worst game in a row. The shit consistently lost the ruck, Um, and you can't do that as a prop forward, but that's not me digging him out. I think he's been outstanding. And like you said, players like him, Matt Parcel, Jez, Abdul, they've run the blood to water these past few weeks. And, and we're probably, the back end, when it, we, it was going tip to toe with a team like Warrington, they just have that class and that bit of skill to finish you off. But another that game changer was um, Daryl Clark going over again. And then the interception, Rovers looked really good, a good back ball. It was the best move they've done. Back ball from Lynette to Quinlan. Um, who feeds it to Kenny Dowell but a bit too far. And again, I don't want to blame people, but Quinlan's a little bit at fault as well as Kenny Dowell. The pass was too far. He'd come on an inside line and he's played it as an outside. And Jake Marmel gets it. And even with a slip, he's managed to get away from Kane Lynette, who should have just dived on him. A lot looking back at him it now, it's a bit like Mantelato when we had him on the um heritage cast when he said he should have dived on was it Johnson or Griffin wanting in the million pound game. <laughs> But um I know totally different circumstances, but I'm just looking it back at it now. Mamo slips, Lynette runs back because he looks there's not there's no fullback there, and he lets Mamo just go and he's he's got a meter on Lynette and he's gonna finish in it. Lynette's a second row now, he's 32, Mamo's still a winger and a fullback, and that has changed the game for O'Khan. It's these silly things, it's these silly out of positions running the odd line that can just change the game for you, and then the game was gone, Rovers were in it, and if Kenny Dowler caught it. He'd have had a three-on-one, inside would have been Quinlan, outside would have been Ryan Hall, would have been 28-28 with 12 to play, but ultimately we end up conceding another five tries after that, mate, which is, that's appalling. You look at that in 12 minutes on the clock, we are still 28-22 and that we conceded 52 points. It's, it's an head-scratcher, isn't it? It's out of the go from that. To that, and and, and it could have been fitness, like you said, because they have run the blood to water. But even still, it's unforgivable some of the mistakes made in vital positions and vital decisions in the game has cost you. And rightly so, Warrington did deserve the two points after that last 15 20 minutes by the red and whites.
0: Yeah, and you know, like you said, you know, 12 12 minutes to go, the score was 28 22. You know, we're putting you know, probably the first time in the game where we put um, a move from deep together. Looking back, you know, and it's easy in hindsight. I don't think necessarily that Kenny Dowell expected that pass because if he's running into traffic there. I I think he thinks Quinlan is going to miss him out because if Ryan Hall's got all the space in the world, yeah, man, yeah. Ryan
2: uh, Hall, Ryan Hall was away, mate. It was again poor Ball from Quinlan, Paul. Poor...
0: And I think I think what's happened is Quinlan's took it to the line normally the ball probably would have been to Kenny Dowell because if you look he's running a line between, in between the two, two Warrington players but I think he's got in two man's because he's took the ball so close to Kenny Dowell that he's got no other option but to give it to him but Kenny Dowell's thinking that ball ain't for me and that's how it ends up getting knocked on because there's just a bit of confusion there between the two and I think the only thing that Probably Quinlan, well, not the only thing, but the, the biggest thing that Quinlan was was culpable for there is taking the ball to the line and holding on for it a little bit too long. Um, but, like you said, the reaction then to Mammo getting the ball, he slips, he's laid on the floor for about two seconds, Yeah, uh, with no one around him, and then Lynette you know, sort of flails his hands at him uh, and, and Mammo runs in for the easiest try. That said, mate, at that point you're not thinking, "Look, okay, you Warrington are gonna go running another 20 odd points." are you you're thinking, "Come on, Rovers, let's get our heads back on, and we're in this." You know, even that no point there was you thinking there's gonna be a collapse. And um, so I, I just it, all I can put it down is so it is a lack of energy at that point because you, we are very much in that game. We're in that game, so such a big collapse. It must be something physical,
2: more than mental. That's my that's my reading of it. I hope so. I do hope so. But you you've got to look at if it was the case as well. You, we've won two games back to back. Brilliant, don't get me wrong. But it's still you you played the same amount as every other team. It, it's going to get tougher in the next four weeks after this week off. You've got Cass. and then we've got our three probably biggest rivals. Um, we've up there with Leeds and Huddersfield who are going to be probably bottom of the table area in Salford. Wakefield and Lee, and you've got about enthusiasm in them big, big games because they're the biggest games of the season and that's for another podcast. But Rovers ultimately get beat 50-26, mate, and we've just spoke about the man who we're going to move on to next and it's Adam Quinlan and it's it's a massive talking point. It's is our best player sometimes on his day, he's electric, but he has his injuries. Sometimes he looks like he's not interested, he looks lethargic and at the moment... In 2020, he's had injuries. He's had a big, serious injury every year. He's coming out of his contract at the end of the year. Some of the stuff that he does at this moment in time, I'm like, that's not the same player. The one that I want to talk about before I ask for your opinion is that the final looter, um, we'd already conceded 30 seconds before, a little kick by Toby King. Quinlan literally, he jogs jogs to it. Charnley is miles away from it. Quinlan's there. He could have caught up to it. But it's the positioning again, and it's that poor defensive effort, and just not getting it right. And yeah, the game's gone. But yeah, we had a man simbin in Louis Johnson. But you still, you've got pride about you. And in them last five minutes, it was so easy for him to score. And that's the only problem. If we get, if we, um, the teams break our line. They're probably going to score. That last line of defence at the minute with Adam Quinlan, I'm not I'm not confident about him. But then you go, oh, yeah, but he's got that attacking prowess about him. But he doesn't. He's, he's catching the ball. He's running it in, half-hearted uh, or he passes it on to his wingers. I know a lot of full-backs do. But he's not, even at the back at the minute, he's not the ones creating the assist. He's not going over. And he looks a totally different kid. And I know, like Phil mentioned last week, you can start speaking to people that's the only problem in rugby league when you come to the back and of your contract is the other team sniffing about he's been at Rovers since 2017 so he's in his what fifth, 17, 18, it's fifth season mate um, and it, it, it's tough isn't it because I really like the bloke and he's dug us out some shit in the past few seasons but at the minute What's Will Dagger? What's Dagger doing in training not to get that spot? Because we're really underachieving at fullback at the moment, and it's sad that it's come to this. But at this moment, there's a lot of people calling Adam Quinlan out, and rightly so because his performances haven't been good enough.
0: Yeah, I mean, going back to that try, there's, I think there's a lot of wrong there, wasn't there? there was not there? I mean, Ryan Hall throws a pass that he doesn't need to pass. Um, you know, obviously they get on to it. Quinlan's uh, slow to react, and and obviously Warren and just push him aside. I think generally, you know, you'd say Adam Quinlan's been a positive for Rovers. Yes, he's had a you know, he had a great injury record, but we've seen some real moments of magic from him. Um and now obviously he's 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 not performed probably to the levels that we expect him to in these in these first few games of the season. So it, it's easy to now call for, for Dagger to come in because he's the He's the next sort of uh, taxi in the ranking isn't he so it's tough, but you know, we're in a business now where we are not looking at just this season, we're looking at seasons to come, aren't we? And, and we've already mentioned in previous podcasts about well, if if Dagger doesn't fit in that, when will he ever fit in? Because he's coming to a real critical age where um he needs to be playing regular first team rugby league. And and at the moment he's got Adam Quinlan in front of him who's stopping who's preventing him from doing that at Unkinks and Rovers and and for, for a lot of people, he's not performing to the levels that, that we expect. So, you know, it's going to be a big call for Tony Smith now to see what he does. What I would say is Tony Smith's not afraid to make big decisions, is he? And and who would have thought that Mikey Lewis wouldn't have been lining up uh, in this in this game? And he'd have stuck with Rowan Milne. So um, I don't think there's any, any danger of Tony Smith sitting on the fence. If he feels that there's a change to be made, he'll make it. Whether he sees Dagger being... The fullback for all Kingston Rovers is, is a debate in itself, isn't it? But obviously a lot of fans are calling for that change to be made.
2: Yeah, they are. And I think it's because if you look at Adam Quinlan, what he's been here since 2017, you're looking at his stats, that's five seasons, you know, 30 games. So you, 30 games, say a season. He's only played 61 games for all Kingston Rovers Um on the stats at the moment if that's correct and that's like he's played two seasons and that that shows how big of his injuries have been every season he's missed a massive proportion of the season because of big injuries acls and that's not his fault i wouldn't wish it on anyone but as him as our, probably a, one of our highest earners he's a quarter spot He's out is a key position in rugby league you mentioned at the beginning of the season didn't you about signing that one year extension was it worth it in the fact where you could have Got Ad Dagger at fullback, and you've mm-hmm. got Trump who can play fullback, and Ethan Ryan, and these players who we can cover for him. Even Will Tear, I know he's very much down the pecking order, and his time will come. But you have got fullbacks there who wouldn't be on much money compared to Quinlan. Wouldn't be a quarter spot, and Rovers could have got another Aussie over an halfback, a leading halfback who could have controlled it with Abdul or another prop forward because we are light in the middle sometimes, and. That's probably the right call. Looking at it now, it's them gambles. You're taking it with them trigger extensions. Um, and Rovers have give Quinlan another deal last season. And at the minute, it looks like the wrong decision. I know at the time, you're like, who else are you going to get? And Tony Smith has worked with him. And he has been at Rovers a long time up there with George as our highest serving player. But you look at that, he's only played in the Cup as well, a missing Cup game. So maximum probably 75. But he could have played over 120 in them five seasons. So it shows how much he has missed because of injuries. And at the minute, he's one out of contract. Can I see him being here next year at the moment? No. You never know. He could turn out well. He could start getting back to his form. But if I was Tony Smith, there's plenty of other fullbacks out there. And we have already got fullbacks in the Ulkingston Rovers' ranks to take over him where we could strengthen with money and quarter issues in another position that we need. And it's a shame. But you mentioned it's a business, Chris. And at the moment, in your opinion, I know lot we did the poll, um, I think it was 64% had said Dagger on Instagram and 80 on Twitter that they want him in that fair, for that game against Cass in two weeks. It's going to be the third time we've played the Tigers um, in the first six, seven weeks of the season due to the friendly in the cup. But we're going to go to the jungle. Play Daryl Powell's men again. Who starts at one field? Quinlan or Dagger? For me, I want it to be Will Dagger. I think it's his time now.
0: I'm gonna stay here with Quinlan, mate. I just think. Um, do
2: you think is that your opinion, or do you think well, that's what Smith will do?
0: No, I, I think that no, that is my opinion. I, I'd keep. Right. I'd stick with Quinlan. I think he's. He, I think I can understand why people are wanting change, and and um, you know, I think. You know, there's a very good reason for it. For me, I just think Quinlan, that experience, while and and also while he's fit, I think we should be looking to play him because, like you've just alluded to, the fact that he's got, you know, not a great injury record means that we need to see him out on the pitch as much as possible when he is fit. So I'd stick with him. And what obviously thrown into the mix, though, and we're going to talk about it now, is is Will Dagger's out of contract at the end of the season. So Rovers might not see Dagger having a future at the club. And on that basis, because because he is young, would you would you give him game time or risk him playing when he's got no future at the club? Um, so it's a really difficult one, isn't it? And and I suppose what will help Quinlan is the fact that they're in a game next week because I think there could have possibly been a knee-jerk reaction from Tony Smith. It was backing up and playing you know, this weekend. There isn't. And I think that time, that bit more time, will just play on, Daga, on uh, Quinlan's side, and and I fully expect to see him lining up in the next game.
2: Yeah, that's your opinion, mate. And obviously, you guys have your opinion as well, you listeners. So speak to us on social media who you want in the number one shirt for the next game. And like we mentioned last week, Phil B told us the transfer window is technically open now. Free agents for next year can start speaking to clubs. Well, I think what we're going to do, Chris, aren't we? Is in a few weeks, obviously. With all these contract talks and everything like that, we are going to do an episode solely on who's out of contract, pros, cons, who we want, all that. But at the moment, before we speak to a rumor mill that's spread over the past few days, these are the people who are out of contract for Rovers at the end of this season, guys. So it's Adam Quinlan, Will Dagger, Owen Harrison, George Lawler, Matt Parcel, Will Maher, Louis Johnson, Jordan Abdul, Sean Kenny Dowell, Kane Lynette, Ben Crooks, Greg Minikin, Ethan Ryan and Jimmy Kynos. A lot of them starting 13 there, mate, and it's, so it's, it's got some tough calls, but we will go on to that in a few weeks about who we'll keep, we'll do a big show about it, ins and outs and all that once we start getting the transfers and the rumours on the um, Reporters League Express that we see so often in the early starts of the season. But a rumour mill that was spread the other day, mate, and this is, like I said, whatever me and Chris say, do not believe it because it probably won't happen, but... There was a few rumours that Toby King's interested in coming to Eastall next season, mate. And it was Warrington fans, and it was It was. It was a weird one, wasn't it? I messaged you, and it was. I don't believe stuff on social media until either League Express have put that he's done, or um, one of us with you know his confirmation by the social media or of the official clubs. But Toby King, who played really well against Rovers last week, has had people saying that he's going to be reunited with Tony Smith and George, his brother George, for next season. I can't see it, mate. I think he's the best centre in Super League at the minute. I think he'll be in Sean Wayne's England team for next season. But there is rumours with Daryl Powell coming over that he's going to bring the likes of Peter Matauti who centre. Greg Inglis, if he has another year extended. They have got, like, Keegan Brand. So they have got centres there. But for me, I can't see Warrington letting Toby King go. And I think it is just a nothing rumour. But obviously, we aren't going to speak about it because it's a Rovers podcast. But I really hope it does happen for the sake of us, mate, because I think he's outstanding.
0: Yeah, he's a good player, isn't he? I suppose, I suppose
2: the, the reason we're sort of doubting this
0: rumour is because if you look where Warrant are now and you look where well, we fair. are, you'd think, well, you know, he's a bit of a no-brainer, isn't it? Um, unless, we, you know, unless we can either offer him more money that he's on or give him a, long, a really long-term contract because he's just been selected in the England squad by... Uh, Sean Wayne. So you know he, he's he's going great guns, yeah. So to to come to a team who are at the other end of the table would be it'd be a massive statement of intent from from Rovers if we do manage to to sign him. But I do think this one is, um, you know, if if you know if you look, if you if you said 10s hours we we're going to sign him and one we've got no chance. I'd say we're about number three, yeah, because I can't I just can't see it. I just cannot see him. Coming to others. That said, we do uh, talk a lot of bollocks sometimes, and there might be things going on in the background. Might, might the Joe, because obviously, the names that you've listed there of out of contract players does free up money, doesn't it? So you just never know.
2: No, you don't, and I think. Why people are saying this could work out, obviously, his brother George is at the club. Tony Smith handed his his debut. He's played in the Challenge Cup final, the grand final for Tony Smith. He'll know him really well. He's worked with Danny Maggs in the England and stuff like that. So, he is familiar with people at the club. Obviously, his brother's there. But it's one of them things, isn't it? You look at the out-of-contract players. Now, if you look at it, now you have Minikin and Ryan, Karnas, Crooks, Kenny Dowell, Lynette, Quinlan. They're all backs. I know Lynette played in the second row, but they are all backs. So, we don't know who's going to be coming and going next. It's very early doors, and this is the first rumour of probably a million that we are going to speak about. But it'll I'd be very, very shocked if this happened, mate. But it's one of those things, same as when we spoke to Mantellato about the NRL, the difference is, yeah, you've got people like David Fafita, who was at Brisbane, who was at the top end the past few years. I know they've gone to shit now in the NRL, but he signed for Gold Coast, because they offered him the money, who was at the bottom of the league, and look how good he's doing now, he's the best fuck. Best forward in the world. So money does talk, mate. Money does talk, and I know he's close with his brother George. So I'm hoping that does swing him to East. But at this moment in time, I really yeah, can't. I do think Joe.
0: The one thing that holds us back, and it's and it and it comes more so signing players from over that side of the M62.
2: Travel. Is that,
0: yeah, because he, he, if he signs for Rovers to make his life comfortable, he's, he's pretty much he's got to move over here, hasn't he? Because otherwise, yeah. he's got a two, two and a half hour commute there, and, you know, same back, so you're looking at five hours travel, potentially, you know, five days a week, at least. So, he, if he's going to sign for Rovers, you think he's got to be coming on at least a three-year contract, and not he? Because he's going to come, a player of that age and a player of that quality, is going to, he's going to want to be, you know, looking at decent money on a, on a longer-term contract. So, I, I just think, and that's, you know, that I think that restricts us from some signings, you know, across the board, that it, to, to come over to Rovers is such, such a um, change if you're coming from the, the northwest um, that it probably stops us signing some players because then players are committed, are prepared to make that commitment to, to move over here.
2: I think that's what's held us back with so many signings. You look back at people who couldn't settle. Even like James Greenwood, he lived in Wigan, so now he's at Salford, It's only an half hour journey. Joel Tompkins, he came over here, but he couldn't settle. And it is it's a it's a long way away. That M62, I know it's only two and a half hours, but if you think Rovers play on the on the train on the Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, say that's two five hours there and um, there and back. If Rovers are playing at home on a Sunday, that's the case. Or if they're playing in Leeds, you still have to travel there. And yeah, it's the job. Yeah, they're professional sports people, but. You look at Wakefield, Cass, Leeds, Bradford—all these clubs around. They're half the twenty minutes away, mate. It's like a big London, isn't it? They, you know, they all—they're all in the centre of each other. There's trains there, buses there. Whereas in Hull, we are kind of in the middle of nowhere, and the closest team apart from FC, is still a 55-hour drive, um, or an hour drive, on a good day, never mind with traffic, that m 62 is a bastard sometimes, sometimes it takes you four hours to get home from Wigan on a Friday night, because of roadworks, never mind on a Monday morning in rush hour going past Leeds, so that is always going to be one thing that affects Rovers and the transfers, and even you look now, like Danny Maguire, the coach, he'll still, our assistant still lives in Leeds, there's plenty of people who live in Leeds, but Saying that, we have mentioned money talks and I really hope we do see Toby King in red and white because it would be a real st- statement of intent and I think it's all well and good signing these Aussies who have big names like Sims and Vettie but that's what Rovers haven't got. They haven't got anyone who's getting near, apart from George in the night, cementing an England spot or playing for a top top international cl- um, team, you know, like Tonga, um, England, Australia, New Zealand, you have, we haven't got that at rovers and we need a bit more local calibre of players who can make international level. So I hope it's the right step. I hope it does happen. At the minute, like you said, Chris, probably three out of ten, mate. I can't see it. <laughs> no, no. And I'm sure over the next few
0: weeks there's gonna be rumors flying all over the place, isn't they? You know, um you know, once the journalists start looking at uh, who, who was talking to her. So I expect all the next few weeks, you know, some big noise. But before we wrap it up, Joe, so we uh, have a look at the tipping competition um, and obviously talk about that controversial incident uh, where you changed your prediction 10 minutes into a game.
2: Oh, I don't want to talk about it, mate. You, you've dug me out again. It was, <laughs> yes, it was a mistake. We all make mistakes. We're not perfect. But yes, um, I think, are you leading the tipping comp now because of my mistake? It's very tight, in it?
0: Yeah, well, what we'll
2: do is, Joe, ready for the next um, the next
0: podcast. We'll get that league table put together, won't we? Um, yeah, just yeah, so definitely. people who don't know, uh, Joe backed this week. He backed uh, Dull FC, uh, Saints, Catalan, Cass, Rovers and Uddersfield, And I backed Wigan, Saints, Trinity, Cass, Rovers and the Giants. Obviously, Rovers didn't come through. Uh, so I got uh, one, two, three, five from six. And Joe got two... Um, Four from six. So, yeah, we'll get that pot table put out because um, it's going to be interesting to see what that forfeit is at the end of the season for whoever loses, Joe.
2: Yeah, it is, mate. And um, obviously, no tipping competition this week because it's the Challenge Cup. So, we have done an earlier podcast that will be released. Obviously, when you guys listen now, it's Tuesday morning. But we've got two coming this week, haven't we, mate, before we wrap up. Obviously, that'll be out Tuesday the 4th for me, But on Wednesday the 5th, so with um, we're gonna be filming out with Dave Bishop and that should be out for, um ready for weekend. The guy had a mini stroke two weeks ago, mate, and the rugby league um family got around him, big news coming out of Wales, everyone saying best wishes from the Rovers family as well, big in rugby union in Wales obviously, and he's messaged us hasn't he, like we said last week, and he wants to do it, we are filming with him on Wednesday, and Dave Bishop is the next on the Heritage Cast, and I can't wait because of such a bizarre few weeks, we spoke to him the day that he had this mini-stroke, and thank God it was a mini-one, because we know how serious they are, and we are going to obviously speak to him about that, so it will be a serious podcast. Cast, We do like to have a laugh, but we've got to respect this guy because he's had a mini-stroke in the last two weeks and he wants to come on and do this podcast. I can't wait, Chris. I'm really looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, and the Heritage casts are proving really popular with supporters. You know, the podcast we've done with Justin Morgan, uh, Clint Newton, Scott Morell, Michael Dobson. They've all achieved over a 1,000 listens, which is amazing. Um, and we really enjoy speaking to some of these players. You know, we did Keith Pollard before. Really interesting stories, and and the Bish is a, another one who's going to have plenty of stories to tell, and and I'm sure. So get you know get yourselves ready. It'll be a, a long one because sometimes when we start talking to these former players, the stories that they've got, we don't want to cut them short. We want to listen to them, and, and we want to bring them to you because you know when they've had such big careers and they've had such uh, interesting times. You know, you can't just you can't stop yourself from wanting to listen to him. So, so this is another one, that I'm really excited about, especially on the back of what like you said. You know, that bad news last week. But the good news is that he's recovering, and and he's got in touch with us to say, "Come on, boys, I want to do the, I want to do the Heritage Cast." So it's going to be great to hear how how he's doing, and it's going to be great to talk to him about his time in Rugby Union with uh, obviously with Wales and obviously his time at Old Kingston Rovers.
2: Yeah, it will be, mate. It'll be great. Um, and what a guy to be able to do that after such a serious incident happening in his life. So it'll be really interesting. And I think what we like, don't we, is speaking to players a bit more, a bit before our time. Obviously, I never saw him play for Rovers. And it'll be great to speak to him and hear about these stories, the same as Keith, because yes, they're a bit more older than Clint and Justin and all the times. But for the younger generation, including myself, and I know we have a lot of teenage listeners as well, that. It's great to wear them because it's a different world, it's a different rugby, it's working men's people who go and work five hours um, before a night game and then still turn up at 5am the next morning for work or they don't get paid, so it's definitely good to speak to them and obviously no spoilers yet but the next one we're going to do mate is a bit of a group one it's going to be a bit of a bigger one and obviously when we release it you'll understand why we're saying it's a group but that is going to be from a massive range of all Kingston Rovers history isn't it? and that's a really good one that I can't wait to part with as well but the Heritage cast before we wrap up doing fantastic we're getting four or five hundred listeners for each episode and that's just in a week obviously what we think Chris is because it's um, we're playing every week it gives people less chance to listen. So to get 500 even on that, absolutely fantastic, guys. So from me, Joe out and Chris Johnson, it's been a bit of a shorter episode. Not much um, to talk about due to obviously Rovers not playing this week. Remember, it's Challenge Cup Action and the Dave Bishop Heritage Cast will be hitting your podcast, Spotify, Apple and Google podcasts and the rest, hopefully this weekend. So we hope you've enjoyed your bank holiday, guys. Back to work on Tuesday, but don't worry, you've started it well by listening to the Red Robin podcast. Thanks, Chris. Take care, mate. Speak soon. See you, buddy.